Coming up on four years ago, Tyler was one of the first guys I met. Scotty Hoagland, who a lot of you guys know here at the church, does sound for the church. He introduced me and said, this is a guy you want to meet. This is a guy you want to get to know. We went out to lunch at Texas Roadhouse. Yes, Texas Roadhouse. We probably ate too much. That's pretty typical when me and Tyler go out to eat. Um, and we sat there for probably two, two and a half hours, and we just talked. Talked about life, talked about ministry, talked about past girlfriends, good and bad. Talked about what we wanted to see out of Floodline and out of our own personal lives and family. It was awesome. I left that lunch going, yeah, this is, this is going to be one of those guys that's like backbone solid. Um, most of you guys would have no way of knowing this, so I'm going to brag on him because he would never say this himself. Tyler, before he got his new job, Tyler would come here every Wednesday morning. Some, a lot of Wednesday mornings, he would beat me here just doing whatever needed to be done. He would do a spectral analysis. Did I even say that right? Yes, a spectral analysis. I don't even know what that means, but he would do that in the room on a regular basis just to make sure that the sound was good. He would set up chairs. He would clean tables. He would do anything and everything I asked. Hey, man, there was a lot of times I said, hey, man, this is kind of a bummer job, but would you mind blank? And he'd be like, sure. And he would just go do it. Unbelievable, servant-minded kind of guy. I am absolutely honored, and you guys are blessed to be able to hear the word of the Lord from him. Can you give him a big hand? Tyler Hagerman. Tyler Hagerman. Oh. Hey, everybody. Well, in case you haven't heard from Dustin already, my name is Tyler. Ordinarily, I'm in the back of the room running sound. And as far as my other positions, whatever you want to call it, here at the church, I'm also the, uh, the minister of the young adult ministry here at Park West. Um, and so once you all graduate out of high school and get out of that age group, I get you. So... And that's actually kind of on the, on the grounds of what I'm going to be talking with y'all about tonight. Um, what we're talking about tonight is something called intergenerational exchange. And that's just a really big way of just saying when generations, when different age groups connect with each other. And there's something magnificent about Scripture. Every time that different age groups come together, something miraculous happens. Change happens. Revival happens. New life happens. There's a word that's been burning in my heart for you guys, for this generation, for well over a year now. And that is that God is raising up this generation to be a generation of purity and holiness. And that this generation is going to be the generation to usher in the second coming of Christ. To do that... We are going to see the biggest outpouring of the Spirit that this world has ever experienced. It's going to come through you. There's a verse that I am going to, to get into tonight that is going to be the main verse that we're going to study. It's Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. And in those days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And upon my manservants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit. 
This may come as a shock to you. And I, I, I hate shock factor preaching. I'm not about that. But every single one of you were designed to prophesy. It may not be to the same extent that you think, though. Prophecy can look like several different things. Uh, it can look like somebody standing up in a worship service and saying, Thus saith the Lord. That happens quite frequently. I've done it. It can also be walking up to somebody and giving them a word from God. But what I'm going to be talking about tonight is a different twist on it. When you actually look at the, at the phrase prophesy, it simply means to speak the truth. In order for you to even say that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's the Son of God, it takes the Spirit of God to stir that in you for you to even be able to say it. That's why when Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. That is prophecy. And so when Scripture says your sons and your daughters will prophesy, I believe you start out that prophetic journey by simply declaring the truth about God. Declaring, going out and saying and, and teaching that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only way to heaven. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the only way that you can have life and more abundantly. That's, that's, that's the starting point here. Basically what I'm saying, in order to start this process of bringing forth the greatest revival this world has ever seen, you all have to take the first step in witnessing. God gives each of us a portion, a measure of grace. And God operates from glory to glory, not from promotion to promotion to demotion to demotion to promotion. Everything is glory to glory. A, a really good analogy I'd like to share with you right now is like during those really rough times, after you experience this really awesome spiritual high, and then you just crash, and then you go through this big time of testing. Imagine with me, if you will, a spring. And then after it's already hit the, the highest point that it can, it hits the ground, and so you have to put pressure on it to prepare it for its next jump, to go even higher than it was before. That's how God functions. It's from glory to glory, but it doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes you have to be in a place of pressure, you have to be in a place of preparation in order to go there. A really good uh, statement that I'd like to read to y'all uh, is from one of my favorite evangelists. It's Damon Thompson. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. If you're not satisfied with the current measure of grace that you're operating in, then that is a pretty good indicator that you are not living to the standard that requires a greater measure of grace. Basically, in order for you to receive the next portion of the Holy Spirit that God has for you, that he wants you to have, we have to, live in a, we have to get to a place to where we are living in a lifestyle that is of a higher standard than we currently are living. As I already said before, 
You are a generation God is calling to be a generation of purity and holiness. You're a generation that God has ordained to live to that standard. Under the old covenant, the laws of God were written on tablets of stone. In the new covenant, the laws of God are written on the hearts of men. Your convictions are the guideline to what the law of God is for you. And so basically, if it's conviction for you, it is sin to you. I'm not going to stand up here and say, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. If you're convicted of it, it is sin. Because my standard to which I live is different from your standard because we're at different places in life. I'm up, I operate in a, in a different level than you are simply because I'm older. Simply because I've been doing this for a little bit longer, at least some of you. Some of you, you're at a, at a higher standard than I live. And so you operate in a greater anointing than I do, and that's wonderful. I want to see all of you all live, operate in a greater anointing than I possibly ever could. And so when we live to the standard that we're supposed to be living for ourselves, and only you and God can decide that, because you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You could turn this mic down because I'm getting some feedback. then that is what enables you. It, well, I'm sorry. That is what allows God to pour out a greater portion of his spirit onto you. So to answer that question before, are we all meant to prophesy? Yes. But to different levels, to different degrees. So you don't have to be scared about that, that statement of you should prophesy. Because we all have different, we, we all have the same starting point. And it's, he's not going to put too much on us, too much responsibility on us at one time. He's going to let us grow into this. So basically, what does this mean? It means witness, speak the truth. Something that, uh, that, I, uh, that I was afraid that, that people would, would think when I'm trying to deliver this message is that do we earn this? And I want to make something abundantly clear right now. You do not, and I want to repeat myself right here, we do not earn God's love. We don't earn salvation. We don't earn forgiveness. There's nothing that we can do to make God love us any less, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us any more. His love level for us is already established, and if I were taller, I would even make that bar even higher. Unfortunately, I have limits. So we don't earn the love of God, but we do earn his trust. Jesus said in one of the parables, You have been faithful with the small things. I will make you ruler over much. If we can be faithful and show ourselves that we have can be trusted with the small things that he's given us, with the small measures of, of grace, the small measures of anointing that he's just kind of let us experience every once in a while. Then he knows he can trust us to pour out more. The gifts of God are free, 
but the anointing to operate in those gifts come at a price. That's the trust I'm talking about. When you are born again, God gives you all the gifts that is necessary, but he pours out anointing to operate in those gifts at different stages of your maturity. Again, I'm going to say that statement again. If you are not satisfied with the current measure of glory that you are operating in right now, that's a pretty good indicator that you're not living to the standard that requires a greater measure of grace. I feel that, that, we've, that I've, I've covered the first part of, of covering that one verse fairly well. So I want to move on to the exchange part. We're on to page five of my notes, which I'm very excited about. I've already alluded to this already, but when multiple generations come together, miraculous things happen. I'm going to give a couple examples. A young boy leads Samson to the main pillars of the Philistines' temple. And Samson is able to kill more Philistines in that moment in his death than he did in his entire life. When David aligned himself as a, as a teenager with the armies of Israel, he was able to kill Goliath. When a boy gives up his lunch to Jesus, he, they are able to feed 5,000 men. Not, that's not even counting women and children. Really, it's more like 20,000 people. And there's a common denominator in all of these stories. The younger generation was the first to act. It took the younger generation grabbing the hand of the older to take them where God wanted them to be. There is power in this exchange. This revival isn't going to start by you all getting poured into all the time. It's going to start by you all pouring out. It's going to start by you all asking God, what is, what is the thing that you want me to do? You can get it, it's fine. And every time that you're wondering, what am I supposed to do? Ask yourself this question, what is my burden? God puts a burden in each one of us. For me, it's my generation, it's you all. It's, it's the people in, in my own age group-ish. Because I know in my spirit, that something miraculous is going to come from you. That's my burden. I have several other burdens, but I'm not going to go into that. We're not talking about me. So basically... A question that you may ask yourself. I'm just a teenager. How in the world can I make a difference? 
If you want to make a radical difference for the kingdom of God, you have to become radical. And before you can be radical publicly, you have to be radical privately. Which means before you can be radical in your worship here, you have to be radical in the prayer closet at home and in worshiping in your bedroom. And before you can be radical in the main sanctuary, you have to be radical here. And before you can be radical in Walmart, you have to be radical in the main sanctuary. This is the goal. Walking down the aisle of Walmart and the Holy Spirit slapping you on the back of the head with a prophetic word for somebody you don't even know. And then God trusting you with that word enough for him to know that you are going to go over there to deliver that word. Or walking down the hallways of the mall and you see somebody in a wheelchair and you are just moved with compassion and just start weeping for them because you know God wants to heal them. But you try to talk yourself out of it because they don't have legs. How in the world can that happen? God. I 100% believe that we are going to see legs grow out where they have been cut off. We are going to see eyeballs just grow out of nothing. We're going to see that. If you think the miracles in Acts were something, they were nothing in comparison to what God's about to do. Because Jesus said, greater things will you do. They didn't do greater things than Jesus in Acts. That wasn't the latter days. That was the beginning of the latter days. This is the end of the latter days. So greater things will you do. We're going to see stuff happen that didn't even happen in the Bible. As far as people with, with mental disease, mental retardation, autism, we're going to see them get healed. I never read that in the Bible, but I believe we're going to see that. We've already started to see that. So again, before you can be radical publicly, you have to be radical privately. Before David killed Goliath in front of all of Israel, God conditioned him to be a killer by throwing at him a lion and a bear. He showed himself trustworthy. So how can we team up with other generations? Basically, if they haven't come to you, you go to them. If you've been waiting for an elder to come up and want to mentor you, how about you go to them and ask them if they can mentor you? If you feel a burden for the middle schoolers because you, you just have, God's just been putting a few of them on your heart, go to them. Don't wait on them to come to you. You go to them. 
I'm just going to dream for a second. Just imagine with me, if you will, a bunch of small groups getting started throughout this whole church of all different age groups led by high school students. Last year, we had the first men's conference, and one of the, one of the classes that was offered was an interview of high school guys. That was the best class of the conference, and most of the guys missed it because they didn't understand the value of it. An exchange happened there, and something wonderful happened. So make it happen. Remember this. You are the start of the revival. So before the old men can dream dreams, you all have to prophesy. And before the young men can see visions, the old men have to, have to dream dreams. So basically, your all's ability to prophesy is determining Pastor McGinnis's ability to dream dreams. And Pastor McGinnis's ability to dream dreams is, is determining my ability to see visions from God. If you want to see something radical happen in the kingdom of God, take the first step. Prophesy, witness, grow in the faith. Be trustworthy in the small things. Well, what are the small things? Well, what, have, what has God been laying on your heart? Read your Bible, pray, worship, become radical privately, so then you can be radical publicly. I want to end with that, that one statement again. Whenever multiple generations connect, something miraculous happens. Father, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to deliver your word to your people. I thank you, Lord, that your word will not return unto you void, that it will accomplish everything that you have preordained for it to accomplish. That this word fell on good ground tonight. In any attempt by the enemy to try to steal this word away from them, I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. This is good ground. And it will produce fruit. 20, 50, and 100 fold. It will be fruitful. I thank you in advance for that, God. I thank you for the revival you're bringing to Park West, but more importantly, I'm, I'm, I thank you for the revival you're bringing to Knoxville, into Tennessee, into the South, and to the United States, and then to the world. I thank you in advance for the moving that you were putting in position for your church to do. I thank you for the revival that you are bringing, and I thank you for using this generation to do it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys do me a favor? Would you guys extend your hand this way? And can we pray for Tyler? This is, this is an amazing young man of God with passion like I see in very few people. And I know the Lord's going to use him.
And just as you needed that word, he needs your prayers. I mean, this is about intergenerational, right? So would you bless him and pray for him? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would pour your spirit out upon Tyler like never before, like he's never felt, never experienced. Father, I thank you for this word, this divine word straight from your heart about connecting the generations, turning the fathers and sons back to one another, the mothers and daughters back to one another. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing your word through this man. And Father, I pray that you'd bless him like crazy. I pray that you'd bless his family. I pray that you'd bless his schooling, that you'd bless his new job and his finances. Bless every aspect, every area of his life. May it be obvious, Lord, crystal clear, that he is walking in divine favor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we hear it one more time for Tyler? You know what I'm going to go home tonight thinking about? This, this phrase is going to be in my head. Before you can be radical publicly, you have to be radical privately. That's ringing in my mind. I'm going to go home thinking about that. I hope you guys will have good discussion. Please, as we say every week, please be open. Please be honest. Don't, don't just sit there and let your life group leader go, anyone, anyone, Bueller, okay? This, that's not what this is. Be participatory, okay? Sound good? Ladies, as always, we're going to dismiss you first. All ladies, right out those back doors.